Hello, friends. I'm Eric Nance, and you're listening to episode 35 of the Our Weekly Highlights podcast. Today, we are covering the issue highlights for week 15 of 2021, released on April 12th, 2021. This week's issue is curated by Colin Fay, with help from the Our Weekly team members and contributors. In last week's podcast, I said that at least in my experience, I have rarely created perfect running code when developing a new R package, Shiny app, or even a complicated data analysis pipeline. I'm personally fine with that, as often the best ways of learning a new concept in programming is to troubleshoot problems. But there comes a time when I feel like I've tried all the solutions I know about in my virtual toolbox and having another colleague at the day job, or even better, the wider R community be able to lend me a helping hand is the way I like to climb out of a difficult landing spot. I have also been on the other side quite a bit over the years, as I have numerous colleagues reach out to me asking for advice or help debug issues they are encountering in their R programs. In both of these personas, it is paramount to explain the problem at hand clearly and supply the code demonstrating the errors occurring in the session. On the surface, that sounds simple enough, but I have seen immense variation in just what that example code looks like and the format it is supplied, whether it is buried in a massive email, a screenshot from someone's desktop, or simply copy-pasted from the R console directly. While the intentions are in the right place, it introduces potential delays and even frustration for interested helpers to diagnose the issues. But starting way back in 2017, renowned Art Studio software engineer Jenny Bryan saw an opportunity for a streamlined way to take a snippet of code and quickly generate a snippet ready for inclusion in a variety of tech forums or other means of communication. I am, of course, speaking of the amazing Reprex R package to generate reproducible R examples. With the latest milestone release landing on CRAN earlier this month, and Jenny's accompanying blog post on the Tidyverse blog is a subject of our first highlight of today. The overarching theme around the enhancements in version 2.0 is fixing important backend plumbing to give the users of server-based R environments, such as RStudio server, and those utilizing custom R profile settings, a much improved experience for obtaining reprexes. It may not be obvious at first glance, but access to the system clipboard, i.e. when you copy some text or image from any program on your computer, isn't quite the same when using RStudio server as opposed to the desktop edition, as you are now using that program in a web browser. However, thanks to the versatile RStudio API package, now that becomes the engine for grabbing the highlighted code selection. The other key feature is now full respect to any customized .r profile file that lives in the same working directory as the code being executed, thus making projects utilizing a package management system such as RMV first-class treatment. I have no grand visions of a package of the magnitude of Reprex targeting new features specifically for me, but my goodness, this update sure seems like it is, 
as my day-to-day -day R coding development is mostly performed within RStudio Server combined with RMV for almost all of my projects. These advancements, along with previous new upgrades in version 1, allow us to concentrate on the important thought process of producing an effective reproducible example without being bogged down in tedious manual effort to slow us down. I will also have a link in this episode's show notes to Jenny Bryan's really great keynote from RStudioConf 2020, where she talks in depth about debugging and the important role PrepPrex plays in making effective examples for help. In this era of rapid development of cutting-edge algorithms aimed to process massive amounts of data, the days of leveraging a single workstation to perform the heavy lifting are slowly ending. Even if you have not directly interacted with the major cloud computing providers, many services and startups depend highly on infrastructure that can be spun up and down on demand quickly to meet the highest demands. Many packages in the R community exist to let you tap into the vast world of high-performance computing which you can see in the comprehensive High Performance and Parallel Computing CRAN Task View maintained by Dirk Edebutel, linked in today's show notes. If you are new to the world of HPC, it may be overwhelming to narrow down just which framework works best for you. But the Future Package, authored by Henrik Bengtsson, Associate Professor at the University of California, San Francisco, brings a unifying API for scoping and performing parallel computations with the best intentions of removing friction caused by operating system differences and parallel computing backends. While some are fortunate to have an entire cluster of powerful computers available at their work environment to carry out demanding analytical tasks, the aforementioned advancements in cloud infrastructure as well as container technology, offer intriguing possibilities to create your own supercomputing cluster as your backend for a future-powered pipeline. Chris Pesiorek, adjunct professor in the Department of Statistics at the University of California, Berkeley, authored a guest post on Henrik's blog covering one such method for our second highlight today. After the early development of container orchestrators, the Kubernetes platform, originally created by Google, emerged as a leading open source standard for managing containers, and each of the major cloud computing providers support this framework as of today. Chris's post covers all of the practical steps involved with setting up your own Kubernetes-managed cluster on the Google Kubernetes Engine service, using a recipe-like template that does not assume that you are a master of HPC or containers. What's nice about this strategy is that RStudio Server, the open source edition, can be installed directly on one of the containers tasked with doing the scheduling and partitioning of analytical tasks, meaning that you can use a friendly interface to interact with the entire cluster of containers. After the setup is complete, the advantages of the future package really shine, as all you need to do is declare a cluster plan as part of the future setup, and once that's complete, you are free to use any of the future API or even extensions of future to carry out your analyses. 
While bootstrapping your own cluster can be a daunting task, the fact that in 2021 we have the ability to draw up your own compute cluster is still mind-blowing to me. And if you're interested in learning more about the future package itself, which in my humble opinion is one of the biggest revolutions we have seen in computing within R, you can check out this episode's show notes where I'll have a link to all the resources that Henrik Benson used in his recent conference talk at RStudioConf 2020, showcasing the current state and future advancements of the future package. And I must say, it was really cool to be in a front row seat to that talk and to be able to share a dinner with Henrik near the conference wrap-up. And it's really fun to be able to talk about Linux and R, two of my favorite concepts with people that like it just as much as I do. And now for our last highlight of today's episode. In many of the previous highlights featured in this podcast, you've heard a bundle of amazing products and use cases demonstrating the utility and flexibility of the R Markdown package. One aspect that certainly surprised and delighted me in the early days of the Knitter package, which carries out much of the processing, is the support for interleaving code chunks from other computing languages alongside a typical code chunk based in R. That that feature has gotten quite a bit of buzz when it relates to bringing together R and Python for data analyses, certainly two of the top choices of languages for data analyses. And heck, even in my day job, I've actually combined using R code with SAS code chunks, believe it or not. When it comes to actually storing and deriving R extracts of large data sets that fit a typical rectangular structure, the standard bearer is Structured Query Language, otherwise known as SQL. You probably know where this is going. R itself has supported accessing SQL-compliant databases with important packages like DBI. And why not combine SQL queries with the rest of your analysis pipeline? That's exactly what Vibash Naidu our ladies Johannesburg co-organizer and self-professed R enthusiast has explored in her latest blog post. Inspired by a previous Tidy Tuesday dataset on cost of mass transit infrastructure, Vabash blends together a, a mix of data cleaning and then writes a process dataset to a SQLite database for exploration using both dplyr syntax and straight SQL queries. It's one thing to run a basic query, but we really see the power of this integration within our markdown come to play when the results of a query can be passed directly as an R variable downstream, ensuring that you can seamlessly pass back and forth between R and SQL without having to fuss with temporary files to store artifacts. And for those that may enter R for the first time, but want to use their SQL skills to the max, Vibash concludes her post with a demonstration of using the Tidy Query package, authored by Ian Cook, to directly execute SQL queries on any R data frame, and obtain dplyr equivalents of SQL queries in code. That's a terrific way to level up your skills on either side of that coin. 
this is yet another example of how R, and in this case the R Markdown package, allows use of the best analytical tools for any portion of a data analysis, and at the same time can be an excellent medium for enhancing your interoperabilities between different languages. And those are your R Weekly highlights for today. As always, we have a much more set of content inside this week's issue, such as how you can implement model monitoring, creating a deep learning classifier of New Testament verse authorship, a summary of the recent COVID-19 data form, and more. Looking for an easy way to get these episodes delivered straight to your phone or other podcast listening platform? All you have to do is visit the podcast link directly on the rweekly.org site to find all the subscription options. And if you're looking to share your adventures with R, don't hesitate to become one of the many contributors to R Weekly. All the details are linked at the top of each issue, including this one. And to our next episode, you can find me on Twitter with the handle at the Rcast. And I'm always excited to talk about R, data science, Linux, and everything else in between. I'm even slowly getting set up for more streaming of R content, which is another new world to me. Have a great week, and we will be back with another batch of R Weekly Highlights next week.